Welcome to the Upwards Podcast, an initiative of Upper House on the campus of University of Wisconsin-Madison. Through conversations with thinkers, scholars, and leaders, we explore the life of the mind and the questions of the soul to enrich our university, our community, and the church. Hello, and welcome back to the Upwards Podcast and another episode of Inside Upper House, where we pull the curtain back on some part of our project that's less visible to outsiders. Today, we'll be talking about two aspects of our project, one that's been with Upper House since the beginning and another that's quite recent. The older aspect is our mission to build community among marketplace and business leaders in Madison, especially those interested in cultivating a deeper integration of Christian faith and vocation. This mission's been with us since the beginning, and it's actually a direct outgrowth of being supported by a foundation named after two business people in our community. The second aspect is much newer, and it's the format of a learning cohort, a group that we gather for a specific goal of working through an issue or a curriculum over the course of multiple meetings. We started hosting our first learning cohorts last year, and we'll be hosting many more starting this fall and beyond. So, At the intersection of marketplaces and learning cohorts was a recent cohort that just finished up a few weeks ago called Faith and Company Serving Employees. Now, Faith and Company is a series of documentaries that highlight businesses who are practicing Christian values in their daily work and mission. You might recall that an earlier episode of the podcast featured an interview with Randy Franz and Kendon Wong, two of the creators of the Faith and Company series. And that episode, episode four, will be linked in the show notes. So with me to talk about the Faith and Company cohort that just finished are John Terrell and Gene Collins. John is our executive director, and Gene is our director of administration. Hi, John. Dan, nice to be with you today. You too. And hi, Gene. Hi, Dan. And Gene, this is your first time, I think, on the podcast. Is that right? On this podcast, yes. Excellent, excellent. So both of you led the recent cohort, and I'm interested to just do a sort of debrief with you to sketch out how we think about these groups that we gather here, especially from the marketplace. So John, maybe starting with you, tell us a bit about the Faith and Company series and especially season two, which focuses on serving employees. Yes, be delighted to do so. Um, The Faith and Company series, it consists of four seasons. Season two is really focused on serving employees. That was the one that we were just engaged with. The first season is really around business on purpose. We hosted that learning cohort um, back in the fall of 2020. Both were eight-week cohorts, and um, I think business on purpose consisted of 14 films. Season two, serving employees, consisted of eight films. And we're planning tentatively to host seasons three and four. Season three is focused on serving customers, and season four is focused on serving the world. And these are really dynamic, short documentaries that feature organizations. I think they're filmed on three continents. There are about 35 films in total. They run 8 to maybe 10 or 11 minutes in length. But beautifully filmed, capturing the real tensions, the challenges and triumphs that business leaders face when trying to um, lead their organizations. And I imagine that these uh, there's a certain number of videos in each season, and they're sort of pr- walking through sort of thematically or conceptually uh, a set of issues around. So, so for this one was around serving employees. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. It, it really this season two is really focused on employees. It explores how faith 
shapes the way that we think about leading our employees, empowering our employees, uh, managing our employees, a wide variety of topics from career planning to job descriptions to employee um, stock ownership plans, Mm. um, things of that nature. So all of the kind of broad HR issues that you might consider in a very sort of dynamic framework would be issues that would be on the table for season two. Yeah, very interesting. And of course, the importance of thinking through these things uh, from a Christian perspective uh, can be really helpful as well. So Gene, give us just a sense of who was in the cohort that you and John just led. What kind of experiences and questions were being brought to the group? We had a great group as uh, part of this cohort, which we had in the fall as well. Um, We had business architects, we had uh, business leaders, nonprofit leaders, we had healthcare people, um, just quite a variety. And, but the, the common thing amongst them all was that they were leading within their businesses. And so that was just a great opportunity for them to mix together and to hear each other's viewpoints on some of these topics that John just mentioned, you know, how to view people as made in God's image with all of the business concerns you have to face with them. And so it was it was really quite a really good and diverse group. One of the really fun things was we had a gentleman join us from Dubai. And so it was 12 hours time difference, so we were meeting at 7:30 in the morning and he was there at 7:30 in the evening or something like it was about that. But it was very doable for him and it worked great for us and he brought in such an interesting perspective to um, our American concerns. So it was very, really a great group of people and backgrounds and uh, think of just some of the people that led com- were leading in companies that had 70 or more people and people that were leading companies that were uh, five or six people. They were able to interact and kind of glean from each other's perspectives. I would agree that it was, it was really a dynamic group. We, we met via Zoom, and that seems to be a format that works well for busy marketplace leaders in early morning. And I think actually the time difference was more like about nine hours because our Dubai friend was just wrapping up his business day. So it worked out really well. If you're meeting here around 7.30, it's like 4.30 in the afternoon or something like that. So it's, it's actually a pretty good time to, 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 to draw in friends from the Middle East. We supplemented our Zoom sessions with an in-person lunch, and um, we did that in the fall as well. And that was one way we sort of worked around COVID. We, we were able to host people here safely for a meal. In the future, we plan to do that as well, meet mostly via Zoom for these marketplace yeah. communities and try to bring them together for a coffee or two or a lunch or two during the eight-week cohort. Yeah, that, that Zoom meeting seems to be um, a little more... Um uh, convenient for some of the marketplace leaders. Well, it cuts down on all that commute time. Right, right. That's great, though, but it's also great that then you can accommodate people truly around the globe um, right. who want to be part of the community as well. That's right. Okay, well, I'd like to ask each of you for just one highlight uh, from your time together with this cohort. Maybe I can start with Eugene. Just some moment or story uh, that really captured for you the the joy of being part of this group. Well, I think it's what John was just mentioning, the lunch that we held. Um, And I remember the same was true in the fall, that when we brought people together, first of all, they wanted to come together for lunch, but we understood they couldn't do that every week for for the cohort meeting. So this provided a, oh, one-off, I can make it to a lunch one time. And uh, just to watch, to engage with the people who came and, you know, get to know a little bit more about each person there, the person I was sitting near, 
and then to watch them interact with one another, to see those connections made that I think are really important. I think it's one of the real important things we do here at Upper House is bring people with like uh, stories together to help encourage one another, kind of do the things that we were being challenged to do in business um, in this particular example. That was a that was a great highlight. Thanks, Jean. John, what about you? I think the films. Um, there were two companies in this um, season that I have a personal connection with. Uh, Canlis Restaurant in Seattle, one of my all-time favorite company stories. I love to tell stories about Canlis um, and the Canlis brothers. Um, had a couple of amazing times with them and at the restaurant when I lived in Seattle. But it's, a, it's an amazing film entitled Becoming, and it's really a take on their, their view of how to think about employees and how they develop employees, and it's very countercultural. They are really focused on helping, you, helping employees get to where they want to go, even if that means life beyond canvas, and, and maybe especially if it means Life Beyond Canlis. And the documentary profiles this really radical view of the way that they think about employee development. So that's that's a favorite. It's an amazing place. Those in the Pacific Northwest that are listening may, may have heard of it or visited. Really encourage you to do so if you're ever in the Seattle area. There's a second company that I wanted to highlight, Edgerton Gear, which is just down the road from us. The title of this um, documentary is entitled Turning, and it's really around Dave Haytag's call it's a little bit of a Jonah story his 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 desire or his sort of pleading with God not to be called back to his family business and eventually his surrendering to that call and really transforming the culture of this manufacturing business um, that makes gears and they do it with elegance and beauty and with real passion and vision I mean he will sell you on gears I mean you come away from time with him and you you want to go make gears. It's actually kind of magical, and I was there actually when, for one of the two or three days that they were on site filming that documentary, back in probably 2018 maybe, I can't remember, it might have been 2019, but it was several years ago, and to see, to be there for the filming, to watch from the sidelines, and then to see the final product was really fantastic. And then there's a third story that's a part of this series called For Our People, it's about Point B Consulting. And really, their radical approach to consulting that, that is really sort of, in some ways, they're the non-consulting consulting company because they don't want, it's all about employee health. And when you're a consultant, you are on the road a ton. You're really at the um, beck and call of your um, clients. And um, they obviously care a lot about clients. They've established an amazing consulting business. But in, in parity to the importance of um, the value of clients is really the value of employees. And they have gone to really extra measure to make sure that their employees really can sustain a life at point B and actually flourish uh, at point B and in the consulting industry. And so as someone who worked in consulting earlier in my career, just remembering how challenging that season was, just I remember getting ready to fly out on Sunday afternoons and and then being gone for a good part of the week. Um, it was really refreshing to see a consulting company that's really rethinking the whole way that consulting is done in our world. Well, and they're highly regarded too, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. Any one of these companies, as you kind of dug a little bit further on them, you found out how really well they're doing. They were all had some one challenging kind of HR view or another that brought a lot of good discussion. 
to uh, the people attending the cohort to me. It was great. Yeah, that's fascinating. And it sounds like they're, they're pretty uplifting or at least inspirational sort of stories. And John, remind me, are they, they're available to watch on the Faith and Company website for free, right? That's right. They're yeah. all available. There, there are a bunch of content expert short video takes from various people that were interviewed along the way, some leaders in various cities where these companies are located. So all of that's free. And then the courses are free. They teach four courses that are uh, massively open online courses that I think I got that right. I think so, um, yeah. But the, the MOOC format, and you can sign up, and there's no cost, and you get actually ins- instructor-led interaction and everything. Great. So if listeners wanted to follow up on any of the uh, three examples that John just listed, or other ones, you can just uh, head on over to the Faith and Company website, which will be in the show notes as well. So, John, this cohort is just one example of Upper House's consistent engagement with marketplace leaders. Tell us a bit about Upper House's vision for this uh, part of our community, alongside our other primary communities of UW-Madison and local churches. Well, I, I, when you think about a city like Madison, uh, and particularly downtown Madison, you have industry and university, town and gown, wrapped together, right? So we're not an isolated university off on a, a hill, off on its we own. We are on a hill. We're yeah. on a hill, but yeah, that's that's true. Uh, well, it depends on, on how you that's define true. a hill. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we are. We have little hills um, downtown, and um, in some ways, yeah, the Capitol sits on, on a hill, and Bascom Hall sits on a hill. And so those are two identifiable centers of activity, intellectual and commercial life, in our community. Um, so in a place like Madison, these two worlds come together. They collide in really significant ways. And I think just more broadly, the academic enterprise and research is really wrapped around industry in, in lots of ways. Industry tends to fund a lot of research. Um, there are a lot of scholars, a lot of people preparing for careers and that are moving through the university or not looking to the academy as their primary place of vocational attachment. They're looking to business, government, industry of some sort, right, is their, their place of primary attachment. So so for obvious reasons, as a study center located in Madison, we need to be attentive to the intersecting uh, and overlapping professional communities that really do interface with the academic community with UW-Madison. At a more philosophical level, most of the people in our city don't work uh, in the academy and don't work in the church. They work in industry of some sort. And, um, and that would be true across the country for sure. So, our, you know, our, our footprint is primarily Madison and Dane County, but we really have, have an opportunity to influence people around the country and beyond as well. I think one-tenth of the U.S. population works in the nonprofit sector, and then a small percentage of that one-tenth would be in the church world. So there is this significant need to help men and women who are serving in other industries, other sectors, connect their faith in their work. And so that's a part of our vision here. Thank you. Finally, Gene, uh, how do you think the learning cohort model that you used in this case, the small group, regular meetings, sort of curriculum-oriented, how do you think that model helped this be a successful experience for the group? Oh, I, I, think, uh, I think it helped a lot. Because we met consistently over eight weeks. We had 15 to 20 people attend, and many just hit every single week. It's really all about building relationships between them, and you need that time. And you need you know, a week or two to get used to one another, and then you started to see people really open up 
and we used part of the, the small breakout rooms as well as you know large group time, and that really gave people a chance to get to know one another and to encourage one another. Um, I think in churches a lot of times there's certainly a whole bunch of business people, but they're not. There's no group set up set aside for them, especially smaller churches. So it provided an opportunity for people from all different walks of life who might not be able to talk to somebody who had their same experiences leading in a business. So I think the model of the cohort works really well for that. Thank you both. Uh, At Upper House, we're taking a break from learning cohorts this summer, but we'll be launching a whole new set of them this fall. Stay tuned for more, of course, and check out upperhouse.org slash events for everything that's coming up on our event calendar. Thanks for joining us. The Upwards podcast is supported by the Stephen and Laurel Brown Foundation. It is produced at Upper House in Madison, Wisconsin. Music by Micah Bear, audio engineering by Andy Johnson, and graphic design by Madeline Ramsey. Follow us on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn with the handle at Upper House UW.